I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hey, what's happening, Rush Nation? Back again. I was on just a, a few minutes ago with the waiver wire, and now I'm here with a, a great guest to, to break through and talk about week three. Before we do that, before I bring him on, if you're watching on the stream, obviously you know who it is. Just got to do some housekeeping and pay some bills. And this show is brought to you by Manscaped, the the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming. And with the Tom Brady of trimmers, the lawnmower 4.0, you can get yours at manscaped.com with the code 5YARD for 20% off plus free shipping. They do a lot of other products on there as well, anything from nose trimmers to um, body wash to deodorant there's all sorts of different products so do check it out amazing product i use it over two million men worldwide use it use the code five yard at manscape.com for 20 percent off and free shipping and my guest today a very good friend of mine so glad he is back he is an award-winning author with a consistency guide and since he was last on just a a couple of months ago, he's actually now moved over to Dr. Roto to present his consistency work there. It's the founder of the King's Classic. It's the nicest guy in fantasy football. It's Bob Lung. Welcome back, my friend. How are you? Good to be back. Um, you know, it's been an interesting uh, three weeks already. And you know, we've got a big game tonight, Dallas, Philadelphia. Don't know what to 
every game I think, oh, we should expect this, we get that. So um, it's been it's, it's been interesting. Uh, you know, some players have maintained their consistency and been what we want um, or what we hope for, and some of them not so much. In fact, uh, I think when we get to our reactions to week three, there's some some names on here. I go, what? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they're here. But yeah, thanks for having me as always. Uh, always good to talk to you, buddy. Well, I'm so glad to hear, you know, I'll pull the curtain back a little bit and say that um, I was planning to get Bob on in a few weeks' time. I was going to ask him, and then uh, the guest I had pulled out last minute, and Bob, as a champion, has come in and, and actually saved my bacon because he's just, like I said, the nicest guy in fantasy football. Um, whilst we're talking about nice guys, we had some tragic news over the weekend of, of um, a real giant of the industry. And for those of you, I'm sure almost everyone listening to this does know, if, if you don't know, um mike taglier fondly known as as tags um who was an analyst over at fantasy pros previously with, with pff um passed away from covid19 on friday night um he was actually due to go to the king's classic um and the mm-hmm. expo which you host in canton right. and he pulled out just a few days before because um he could he put he tested positive for covid and he didn't right. want to as the man that, that he was he thought, even though I'll be past the exposure rate, uh, he was saying, I just don't want to put other people at risk. And he was vaccinated. I know that people are going to ask that question, but he was vaccinated. And then, unfortunately, the week after the expo, I mean, he felt bad that weekend. And then he took a, a horrible turn and he's been fighting ever since. And unfortunately, lost his battle on, on Friday and he survived by his wife, um, Tabby, and his two children. And absolutely heartbreaking. I mean, the, the outpouring, I mean, we unfortunately... It has taken something like that to see the absolute best of our community and the reaction yeah. to everybody. But I mean, you you knew tags a, a lot better than than I did. I mean, a devastating loss. But to talk about your relationship with him and and just yeah, how you got I to mean, know. yeah, like you said, tragic. I mean, um, you know, anytime it's anybody in these scenarios, you know, I, I was I was mentioning to, and I forget who which one, but one of the guys and I said, you know, um, we do the Kings classic every year and we have since 2018. And, you know, one of the things we did was that, you know, when there's a league fee and it's, you know, it's not terrible, but we automatically split in half and we were giving half of the money to, um, you know, as part of the the winnings. Uh, but the second half was going to go to a charity. Um, and uh, the first year we gave it to the Hall of Fame. Um, it's Hall of Fame helps or something like that. But basically it was money that uh, it's a fund. Uh, it's a, a nonprofit that helps older um, Hall of Famers who, you know, didn't make millions back in the day and they're struggling with bills and stuff. And you wouldn't think that would happen, but it does. And it's sadder than, you know, it's, it's a sad situation. So that first year, the money went to that. But the last three years, and this is the devastating part. The last three years, all of the money collected went to somebody in our community dying. Um, and I said, I really want this to stop <laughs> because this is just sad. I mean, so two years ago, or three years ago, it was Rob Tuzet's wife, who is Rob Tuzet is the one of the executive producers for Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. And he, and he came in 2018 2019, his wife has a baby and passes away, not necessarily during the birth, but very close to it. 
so tragic. Just you know, and just like a week before, like week before King's class, like, of course he doesn't come in. So we gave all the money to him for that year. Here's the really one, the, the one that just breaks everyone's heart. Uh, and, you know, was the next year the baby that was born dies in his crib at 11 months old, right before King's Classic. So again, we give all the money to Rob. So this year now it's tags. It's like people, this has to stop. <laughs> I love giving money away more than anybody, but I really don't like the situation. So let's hope next year we can give it to like fantasy cares. They can use it to buy toys for Todd's because it's really depressing every year to give this money to, you know, somebody's or somebody's family or somebody's situation because somebody died. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, and I didn't hate, I hated to get in that rant, but it's just, it was just kind of came to my mind. But yeah, I mean, everything you've read, everything you heard, none of that is made up. Everything that was written, talked about videos um, was exactly what tags was. He was, you know, down to earth, no egos, um, you know, and we've seen that in the fantasy community. We have very few egos, really do. Um, and, and he was just, again, one of the good guys, one of the people that, you know, um, just hate to see him go. Devastating for the family. Um, really glad this community did his job. You know, that's the one thing I think we've talked about this many times is that there's one thing this, this community is. It's one big family. And, um, you know, all they were trying to raise was $100,000 for the family and Fantasy Pros was going to match it. And we're up to 350000 And that's yeah. since Saturday. So, yeah. you know, uh, just an amazing outpour. Uh, we, of course, donated the rest of the funds. We, we don't, Nobody's taken any winnings for King's Classic. So I, I actually put in more money into the GoFundMe on behalf of the King's Classic group. Uh, so that they had all the money that we collected. So, you know, again, anybody out there who hasn't, you know, done anything, uh, if you feel like, and again, everything, you know, five bucks, 20 bucks, 100 bucks, doesn't matter. You know, every little bit's going to help this family. Uh, they, like you said, they have two kids that, you know, have the future now without their father, and it's not a fun time. And, you know, I mean, yeah, it's and, you know, anything that people said about, you know, hugging those you love or respecting or caring for, please do that. Um, you know, I can't say enough about losing people um, that are here one day, you know, gone the next. Um, you never know. And so, you know, that's why it's always upsetting when people are busting each other on Twitter and down, you know, talking down and you know, treating women like good garbage and, and all this stuff that you see, it's like, you know what, folks, it's, it's not, stop. No. It's stop. It's nice. just not worth it. It, it You know, we're, we're playing fantasy football for goodness sakes, you know, exactly that. Um, I, just treat people like they, you would want to be treated and hopefully you want to be treated pretty well. <laughs> and, you know, we had a very honest conversation, you know, you know Robbie, Robbie obviously, you know, writes for, and right. Dr. Roto as well, and you gave yeah, him this amazing opportunity, there. and he's a terrific guy. He was on a couple of weeks ago. We talked about we talked about this because obviously he's a person of color and he's gone through some real adversity. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, with that, and we we spoke very openly about the fact that we just want to be good humans first. Yeah. And he represents that. The tags I think represented above anyone else, and you know he was a massive yeah. help to me getting this show started. And mm -hmm. uh, he's one of our first guests. I think I think he was like our fifth or sixth ever guest on, and. Right terrific guy you just offered them mm -hmm. everything and it's a devastating loss but if you haven't 
had a chance to donate and you've heard that figure banded out doesn't mean that your money's going to mean any less it's going to go to a great cause right. and a great family we have the link pinned to our pinned tweet you find it fantasy pros you'll find it anywhere just look on you know look on twitter you'll find it right. but it's on our pinned tweet if you can't like bob said even if it's five bucks whatever it is a cup of coffee anything it's going to help that family out so much because there's medical bills as a result of the treatment he was in there a long uh yeah, a recently a long time a couple of months is going to cost you know a lot so it's not like they're profiting from this and nor would they want to so please do just donate whatever you can but let's change tack you know i just want to remember mike for what he was and he wouldn't want us to go on uh, for too long either he'd want us to talk about football and um let's talk about dr roto because you've made the switch we, we spoke in july um mm-hmm. You did tell me off air, and we weren't allowed to talk about it because it wasn't 100% right, official right, what was happening, but it wasn't official. That, that, to talk about uh, you, what you're doing over there at Dr. Roto and uh, and what you're doing with the, the consistency stuff over there and, and the, the platform that you've now created, because I now see Dr. Roto everywhere. Like, it's really <laughs> taken off. It, you must be really pleased with how it's, how it's grown this season. Yeah, I mean, you know, we wanted to, we, I remember we were, you know, so uh, Doc and I have been friends for a long time. We met way back in, I think it was 2010, 2011. We uh, were both started working for Roto Experts together back when Roto Experts and Scott Angle and everybody was a big thing. And uh, we met at the, uh, at actually in 2012 at the uh, uh, Fantasy Football Expo that they had put on at the Atlantic City Convention Center, Dr. Roto was one of the, or Dr. Roto, um, Roto Experts was one of the big supporters. It was put on by their company. Um, you know, so I met Doc there, you know, and all that kind of great stuff. So, and we've just been friends. Um, they used to have me come on their show every Friday. We talked consistency with Scott Angle and him. And, you know, just, like I said, a longtime friendship, you know, um, you know, he went through his situation with his kidneys and, you know, I was, you know, I was like texting him as soon as he posted on the thing. And I said, doc, just tell me what I need to get tested. Or I'll give you my kidney, my liver shot, but my kidney's fine. I think, uh, <laughs> you know, and I was just like, do whatever I can do to help. And, uh, so he found a match, thank goodness. And, you know, saved his life. So, um, so yeah, so he, uh, you know, he had uh, moved on from where he was at and, reached out to me in February and said, Hey, you know, I want to start this new super site kind of like Brad Evans and these guys have done. And he goes, I want you to be one of my, you know, first guys that I want to ask. And I'm was honored. And I said, I'm all in, let's do this. And, you know, he said, let's bring all the consistency stuff to the site. Um, the reports, the articles, the podcast, everything. So Ron and Kobe all went with me. And so we've been there since then. And, we're just continuing to grow. We added Robbie, who was excited. I was excited to get him on board. I had said to him, again, back when I met him for a beer out in Colorado Springs in early July, I said, hey, bud, I go, you know, if I can, you know, if there's something you're into, and he goes, I'm, you know, prop bets and all that kind of stuff. So they were looking for somebody for Monkey Knife Fight on Mondays. And I said, well, let's just contact Robbie and let's get him to do it. So Robbie threw together an article for us and they loved it and, and, you know, as they say, the rest is history. And, you know, we've added, you know, we keep adding new people. We've got Samantha Holt, Nick Minix, uh, J- Lou Landers for baseball, um, uh, Emmerich. Oh, Scott, it's not Scott Emmerich. I forgot his name. Anyway, the guy just won $40,000 yesterday. So good. 
for their DFS stuff. So, uh, yeah, great site. Um, you know, if you want to win some money and get some top people, of course, Doc's one of the best. He's, you know, he's, he's like tags. He's just, he, he loves helping people, loves supporting them, loves being a part of, you know, getting somebody started in the industry and supporting them. So, uh, you know, same there. And so, yeah, I'm just excited to be a part of it. And like you said, we're everywhere and anywhere and we're going to keep continuing to grow. And, you know, so, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those where you can get a whole season with everything, you know, all sports. So, uh, there's also another guy there that's really big and winning lots of money on eSport DFS. This guy just wins like crazy. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so lots of great stuff. And like I said, I'm just excited to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, again, brought everything over that I had a big guy fantasy sports. So if you were a big guy fantasy sports follower, that's great. Just come on over to us and, and we'll get you set up and you can just follow me from there. So um, other than that, yeah, it's been great. And like you said, the all-star cast and great folks over there. So um, definitely go check out dotsaroto.com and make sure that you subscribe and, and get access to the content because it is incredible and you're only going to get better. Uh, <laughs> when <laughs> Once more people want more jobs, the content will just continue to increase and, and get better. So amazing to see, and uh, I'm glad it's all working out. Let's talk about winning some of our listeners and championships. Let's talk about week three and i tell you what i think for me this was the week that the kind of nfl season really started because week one was was great there was a lot of action a lot of close games week two i thought the afternoon slate was pretty poor um the evening slate kind of saved the the, the early slate because it was this was the one that was like okay everyone's fine-tuned the rust is off and we saw some spectacular events plays um, truly incredible. What what would you say for you? Uh, a couple of things that surprised you in in week three from a fantasy perspective that you're going to take into consideration moving forward. You know, I I, I think the one thing that I at least I've seen through three weeks is just you know I, it's it's the surprising aspect that the top 10 at most positions, maybe quarterback is the only one that I'm looking at going, how did these people get in there? And where are the, where is this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, um, you know, like for example, wide receivers, you know, these are, these, these guys are not in the top 10 after week three, Tyree kill DK Metcalf, D hop, Stefan Diggs and Calvin Ridley are 24th and 25th. What's happening. What is going on? <laughs> um, so, you know, there's certainly people that we're doing well and we're expecting. I mean, Tom Brady's in first place. Tom Brady was going off a quarterback 14. And I got smart. We started drafting him later in, you know, in like mid to late August when I'm like, you know what? This guy might still be able to do it. So, um, you know, and the funny thing is you look at his age 44 and then Kyler Murray's in second place at age 24. You're like, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes isn't necessarily lighting up. He's not terrible, but he's not lighting it up. Um, you know, Derek Carr's is lighting it up. Josh Allen finally got his act together. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, I'm actually kind of just still scratching my head after week three. I mean, yeah, there's some things kind of coming into place, but like I said, running back, wide receivers, I mean, tight ends are tight ends. We know we get there. You get Kelsey in first place and everybody else falls in line, but Dawson Knox? This guy hasn't done anything for three years, and now he has three touchdowns in three weeks. 
where did this come from? Josh Allen finally realized he had this his, this tight end. Um, like I haven't been a dynasty league. I hadn't played him in two years. Finally, I'm like, I put him in this week. I'm like, well, you know, maybe he threw another touchdown. I'm like, all right, great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just been interesting. Um, you know, the the you know the consistency stuff we'll be tracking and we'll have it all updated tomorrow on, on Dr. Roto. Um, you know, but you know, there's some guys that are just like kind of surprising. And like I said, and it's all three, it's all four positions. Um, you know, like you said, uh, it's kind of been all over the place. Absolutely. And I think, I think for me, what I'm, what I'm really learning now more than anything is we kind of going back almost to where we were with fantasy football, 10, 15, maybe even 20 years ago in the fact that the running back position is so volatile and it's so difficult to to see huge production numbers from people i think this is the third week in a row that only four or five players passed 100 yards rushing yes okay you've got a few that are getting those those all-purpose yards are getting the scrimmage yards and getting that to 100 maybe a package way of a combined passing and and and, and rushing or receiving and rushing but you know i, I i'm looking at half point ppr uh, leaders and I'm just going to run through like the top 12 because you've got Derek Henry way out there at number one right and there's an injury to Christian McCaffrey okay uh, you know you can't answer that it, it is what it is but he's injured again but you've got number two is Aaron Jones tied for third with Christian McCaffrey is, is John D. Swift those guys are 22 points nearly behind Derek Henry um and then all of a sudden you've got this sort of big bunch. So right keeping up with the pace of them, Austin Eckler, 49.4 points. You've got a little gap to Kareem Hunt. I mean, Kareem Hunt, six. Nick Chubb, seventh. And they're basically equal. They're separated by 0.1 of a point. Um, Najee Harris is eight. I don't think anyone's shocked there. Cordell Patterson is ninth. Melvin Gordon is 10th. Like, it's just... And then you've got players like Jamal Williams, 14th. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's it's just absolutely not. You got Zach Moss, who was a healthy scratch week one, barely. You know, he, he and all of a sudden he's up there. It's just right. absolutely like nuts in terms of where we are with the running back position because it's yeah. it's almost now so coarsetina than flat. And other than Derrick Henry, like your extreme for the second year in a row, you're pretty disappointed if you drafted one in the in the first round because and it's yeah. early days, right? And I said on last week's show, I said, I now don't think I can start a running back in my flex with any confidence. Unless I went heavy running back early and I've got like Jones, Swift and and, yeah. and Henry or something like that. And of course, that's right. a very different circumstance. But unless I have three studs, that flex position probably isn't getting used by a, a wide receiver. Uh, sorry, right. by a by a, by a running back because you can't trust it. The points are so are so low. Whereas, as you say, at wide receiver, yes, okay, there's some shocks up there. No one expected Cooper Cup to be number one, Mike Williams to be number two, and Tyler Lockett to be number three, and Adam Thielen to be number four. But mm. at least those guys are. There are some guys. Okay, he, Tyree Kill's fourteen, but you know he's what thirteen points to to third. He'll catch that up quite quickly. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're close. I mean, I think the other thing that's surprising with Najee Harris is the fact that Najee Harris is only averaging 40, 40 yards a game rushing. Yeah. No. He's in he's number one. He's the number one re, in total catches at running back. It's twenty. 
Yeah, well, it did help he got 14 on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it helped he got 14 on Sunday. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it does. But, you know, it's just like, if it wasn't for, you know, like you said, if you were in a standard league, Najee Harris wouldn't even be in the top 20. No, he really wouldn't. And that's that's what's interesting is you're looking at the, the rushing total. So Derek Henry, through three games, has already clocked 80. The next highest is Joe Mixon at 67. And then you got McCaffrey and, and, and Kamara, the only other players above 50. Mm-hmm. And, okay, but Chris McCaffrey went down early. So, obviously, that would have yeah, gone up. But still, right. but still, yeah, it's it's amazing. Like, I'm surprised David Montgomery doesn't have more. I'm surprised someone like Antonio Gibson doesn't have more. Um, you know, it, it, it is kind of crazy that, like, teams are, are struggling to run the football. I mean, the Buccaneers yesterday, Tom Brady was their leading rusher. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, when was the last time that happened that Tom Brady led his team in rushing in a game? And I think it's it's interesting. And I think, you know, the one thing that I'm really surprised at and the thing that really got me is I was looking at, I try not to get too obsessed with ADOT because a load of people are. But mm. I am curious when I see players who we're told can throw the football, don't throw the football. So, for example, people say that Lamar Jackson can't throw the football yet he's the most accurate deep ball passer in football right now through three games, and yet with the highest ADAR. And then you've got Ben Roethlisberger, who yesterday threw the ball 58 times, and there was only five times he threw the ball above, you know, further than 16 yards. Right. Matt Ryan is the one that shocks me. So Matt Ryan, this is explaining Calvin Ridley. Matt Ryan has only attempted three passes all year over 20 yards. Because like, his offensive line sucks and they can't get the ball off. Yeah, but I mean, even so, like he's not—he's not injured. He's not crogged. Like, right. what? Is, like, surely Arthur Smith and, and everything there—they got to get the ball downfield. Like, Calvin Ridley is an elite talent. Carl Pitts is an elite talent. You know, you've got to be getting these guys downfield, and you've got to be right. getting the ball to them. And that's explained Calvin Ridley's struggles because if they're not throwing the ball for, he's not going to get right. all of his car. And and unfortunately, they've got no number two receiver, so they just they. Yeah, Russell Gage obviously was one of my favorite, and you know, started off poorly and then got hurt, and now we're you know down to some guy who sounds like a Greek god of some kind, Olamida Zacchaeus. I don't know. Did he come from Athens? Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, like you said, it's um, you know the quarterbacks. Just you know, the whole thing has just been you know just kind of head scratchy, and I mean. You know, I'm one and one or, you know, going to be two and one or one and two in most leagues. There's few that I, I don't think I'm going to be three and oh in any. And I don't think I'm going to be oh and three in any. But it's just, you know, it's like I just and then now I'm second guessing myself. So, like, there were some leagues that I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to take out Brandon Cooks because they're playing against Carolina on Thursday night. And, you know, boy, they've shut down, you know, Packers and New Orleans. And I'm like, all right, maybe I better. And then he get you know he goes off for twenty two points and you know I think if I looked right was he sixth right now at wide receiver? Oh, granted, I had him as one of my you know under undervalued consistent you know guys because I figured he was going to get the targets then, but I was expecting that with Tyrod Taylor, not with Davis Mills. But hey, he's getting open, he's getting the ball, so I'm not going to argue with it. Um, but you know, like I said, I'm I'm second guessing myself. You know, there's. So, you know, like I'm thinking, okay, I'm thinking, you know, okay, de- good defense, may not want to put him in. I'll put in, you know, this guy, like I put in Juju instead. He got five points. 
because you're not thinking, oh, they're playing the Bengals. So they're going to, you know, no Deontay Johnson. Juju have a huge day, right? No. Like, it's like you just, you know, you were like, just get a, just get a dartboard to start throwing darts and go, here's where we start. I mean, like you said, if you had a starting lineup right now, if you were to draft it and thought and said, this is where I'm going to start my, my first three weeks, we have Derek Carr quarterback. I'm going to have DeAndre Swift, Cordo Patterson, and Jamal Williams as my running backs and flex. My wide receivers are going to be Mike Williams, Brandon Cooks, and uh, yeah, geez, who, Kirk, Christian Kirk. And my tight end is going to be, you know, uh, Dawson Knox. You'd be a three and oh. Well, well, Bob, let me, let, let me sum this up for you, right? So we do a show on the network. I started it this season called the Fantasy Football or the Five Yard Game Show. And basically what happens is I take my stream picks for the week. I supplement them with not top players at the position in a DFS lineup. And I play against someone who spins the wheel. And they basically determine whether they get to pick whoever they want at each position or they have to answer a question if they get it right, pick who they want. If they can't, they have to go someone under a certain level that I set. And so someone last week was on and they absolutely killed the will. The only time they got a player they didn't want was at DST when they had no money anyway, so it didn't matter, and um, quarterback. So he picked Justin Fields at quarterback. This was So my team, which shouldn't have stood a chance, that won comfortably by 60 points, was Daniel Jones, DeAndre Swift, Cordell Patterson, who was my stream pick because there wasn't anyone else I really wanted on the waiver wire last week, Mike Williams, who went off, Marquise Hollywood-Brown, Rondell Moore, who stunk the place up um jack doyle at tight end and then i get to spin my flex top 24 players the wheel determines i got derrick henry which was kind of lucky because it matched he had derrick henry um and the cardinals dst <laughs> and, I was like, and it won it won over like d hop and uh henry and i it was just like you look at that lineup and you think i don't understand how how this is won. In fact, it was Fields, Henry, Gibson, Sutton, D-Hop, Rashad Higgins, who was playing instead of um, Landry, my, uh, Max Williams, Chris Godwin in the flex, and the Washington football team. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, by 60 points. And he's like, yeah. there's not, other than Henry, there's not a good player in there. So, yeah, and I think that's, there's a lot of panic right now of people sure. who are 0-3, uh, I actually do have an 0 3 roster. And if I read it out, you'd be shocked. There's a lot of studs oh. on it. You've got to trust the process. It's not happened. Um, but there is some players I am slightly concerned about. And the one thing I've really dug into is I was very low on Jonathan Taylor. I was lower than a lot of people on Jonathan Taylor. I was like, Jonathan Taylor for me is a glorified David Montgomery, just two rounds more. That was where I, that was my bar on him. And everyone went, I'm mad, I've lost it. And I like Jonathan Taylor as a player, by the way. This isn't about his talent. This isn't about him as an individual. It's about Frank Reich. It's about the way that he's used. And mm-hmm. it's not It's not any disrespect to Jonathan Taylor. I've, he was my favorite running back in that class. He still is. He's the one that if I was picking a team tomorrow, I would implement. But with Frank Reich coming from the Doug Pedersen tree, they don't believe in giving all the usage to one running back. He is handicapped. And so for me, as a David Montgomery two rounds overpriced and i got a lot of stick for it and then i've looked at it this season and i put a tweet out earlier that 
he has been absolutely dreadful in, in the red zone. So people's like, oh, okay, he's leading, got the leading touches of um, of running backs in in the red zone. You think, well, that's that's great. Like, but what does that actually actually mean? He's had eight attempts inside the ten. Do you know what this yardage is? Oh, I know, minus one. Minus one. <laughs> I read that today. <laughs> minus Why, one. I, yeah, yeah, minus I one. Like, what? <laughs> minus one. No touchdowns inside the five. Six attempts. No yards no touchdowns and like that for me sums up Jonathan Taylor that he is someone who is going to be touchdown dependent in order to get to those numbers because he's not going to get the yardage every week and if he's not finding the end zone he's a real problem and, and I'm looking at them thinking they've got an all right matchup next week but for me he's now he's now where people should are talking about CEH and the fact that he should be a low-end RB2 until further notice because he's not getting the production and he's not going to get the usage to to combat that production. And I just, you know, I had to dig into this because I'm like, if you went early on Jonathan Taylor, I wouldn't draft him in the first round. I refused. But there was times I took him in the late second and I was thinking, well, I'll take that, thinking that he can maybe scrape 12th place and I'll, right. and I'll have that. Right. But well, I'm like just... You said, um... <laughs> You know, if you look at the first round, like you said, you know, McCaffrey, Cook, Zeke, Barkley, Kamara, uh, um, you know, basically, if you're lucky and you and you drafted six, seven, eight, nine, like, um, and you got either Derrick Henry or Aaron Jones or Eckler or Chubb, you're in a lot better shape than you were if you were the top six. Um, you know, now some, some people obviously drafted Kelsey around seven. So that's so far working out, but it's not like he's light years ahead of everybody. I mean, he will, but at this point he's not, but yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I know I drafted number two in, in the league and I was like, I don't want to take cook. I had him last year. It's going to get hurt. No, no, I did. And I was like, damn it. So, you know, I'm and three or another one and two in that league now. Cause you know, Luckily, I picked up Madison, but it wasn't enough. But, um, but yeah, it's uh, like you said. I mean, the whole thing with consistency is at the end of the year, you know, most of these guys are going to miss two to four, un- you know, bad games, non- not clutch. Maybe some of them are getting it out of their way now. Certainly can happen. Um, you know, like you said, uh, all you can hope for is you get some – some quality players off the waiver wire and you, they fill in your flex spots. Uh, you know, like our Kings classic, as you know, with, you know, two running backs, three receivers and three flex, those flex guys are really scraping the barrel, man. Oh, really um, you know, and you just hope, like, I think I, who did I put in the one that I believe that I did win? Oh, I put in like, um, Oh, um, shoot. I just want to bring that on. Zacchaeus. I picked up Zacchaeus because I had Russell Gage. I'm like, I'm going to put him in. They should, he should do it. And he did. He kind of touched on Thank goodness. Saved me, saved me some there. Um, yeah. But, you know, you, you know, you're not always that lucky. I mean, you know, um, but like you said, it'll come around. It's early. It's still week three. We got tonight's game. Um, you know, I'm hoping Dallas goes off and scores a lot of points and CD and Dak and Zeke and, Cooper and all these guys have with like a game like they had week one. 
where they kind of, you know, go off and have a lot of score, score a lot of points. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, that'll help some of my teams, I think, survive and get me to at least two and two or, uh, or two and one. But, uh, yeah, no, it's um, again, you just kind of have to make the right choices, take a look at what's going on and, you know, and, and see where things, you know, make some trades. I mean, sometimes, you know, maybe it's worth somebody who, you know, hey, anybody, you know, got any faith in Jonathan Taylor? You know, maybe you're trading for 80% of the dollar, but it might be worth it, you know? How I luckily I did draft Naheem Himes in a lot of leagues because I kind of knew that's how Rake was, you know. He likes that he likes that back like that. Um, you know, kind of uh, kind of does the Austin Eckler thing, but not as a starter, but you know, and they get behind because they don't have great defense, and you know, so then he's in the ball, he's in the game a lot. And that, so. and that is that is it. So I've just, you know, I had to look up the stat numbers because, you know, I know a lot of people, uh, my argument was I can't see him getting many games where he's going to get 60% of the snaps. And that's exactly what's transpired this season. It's been 55, 45, 48 for Jonathan Taylor, whether Naheem Hines was 45, 37, 56. You know, Naheem Hines has only played eight less snaps than Jonathan Taylor. Like, it's not a lot. And, like, people need to stop viewing Naheem Hines as this satellite scat back. He's not. He is a he's a 1B in that, in that offense. Having said that, I think now, and I'm not deliberately trying to drive the price down on Jonathan Taylor, nor am I trying to justify or take a victory lap here because I'm not. But I think now I would be trying to get Jonathan Taylor because I don't think he can get any worse. And I think owners are panicking on him and i am concerned i don't think i'm not trading for him thinking he's going to be a an rb1 but the two things that jonathan taylor has going for him one he's durable and because of the fact he's playing that 1a 1b role he's going to probably be there at the end of the season barring some contact injury or non-contact injury because he's not going to get burnout he's going to have tread on those tires and we saw how he finished last year and he is someone that if you have missed out on players or you a strong at wide receiver. In fact, you're too strong at wide receiver. You need to get uh, a running back in. You know, I, I'd be looking at trading someone like Adam Thielen for Jonathan Taylor straight up. I think for me, yeah. that is that for me looks like an absolute winnable trade on, on paper to everyone involved. Right. Um, and he's and got I, a good upcoming schedule too. Like you said, you know, he's playing Miami, Baltimore, Houston, uh, San Francisco, the Jets, Jacksonville, and that's just through week 10. So, you know, he's got some nice games coming up where they shouldn't be behind and they can use him to be what he is, which is a good power back. So, yeah, it's definitely worth, you know, if you've got an overabundance of wide receivers and, you know, and maybe you go to the guy that has Taylor and, you know. Yeah, because that person will be panicking. They're probably Owen. Oh and two going into oh and three, maybe they're one and two, and right. and they're probably scratching their heads, thinking I don't know what to do. Some of them will just be like, "Well, I've paid the first round pick. I'm, there's no way I'm not trading. There's no way I'm trading him." And you can't you can't argue logic with people like that. But if, if you you know the goal of trades make other teams better, I I would be on the phone to the Taylor person saying, "Look." But and do you know what the best situation is if you're both one and two or or one is zero and three one is one and two after tomorrow, you both need to do something. And like at the end of the day, they for me are the easier trades because you both know. Well, I'm not helping out someone who's three and zero and is going to run away with the league. You know, we're both at the bottom. We both need to pull each other up by our bootstraps 
and and try and take the rest of the league on. And so get on the phone, try and trade. I, as you said, the schedule was is is vital there, and I think he's someone I would be I'd be looking at because I think as you as you as you rightly said, if I'm looking at bounce back players, he's one I would earmark a hundred percent as someone who I think can can bounce back. Um, I don't want to call this player a bounce back, but Keenan Allen, some people will be very disappointed with Keenan Allen right now. No one's had more red zone targets than Keenan Allen. Um, the Mike Williams things is, a, is an extraordinary thing and I'm pleased for him, but it's not going to continue. It, it right. just won't, you know, trust the process. I mean, I know your model absolutely loves Allen from a consistency point of view, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And I mean, you know, if you look at the fact that, you know, Keenan Allen's 13th, I mean, that's where he normally is most years anyway. So the fact that he's still there, even with Mike Williams breaking out, at least for now, um, you know, here's the other thing with Mike Williams. He doesn't usually stay healthy all year either. So, you know, it again, that may be one of those, uh, if you're looking for trading overvalue, Mike Williams may be that guy. So that might be a, hey, I'll give you Mike Williams for Jonathan Taylor. Somebody might jump all over that because – and, you know, if Mike, if Mike Williams is still in the top 12 at the end of the year, I'll be shocked. Not He could be top 24. But like I said, him playing a full season, that's not normally, um, if I'm not mistaken, that's not normally his thing. He usually has those injuries and it'll drag on and drag on. And, um, and that's why he's never been super successful. But, you know, there's no question that, you know, they're using him. They're targeting him. Um for now, it's a great pick. I mean, Colby Conway is the one that he was talking about him all preseason. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's cute. Um, but, you know, hey, he was right. Um, not going to argue with him. So, of course, I was on the other side telling him Brandon Cooks, and he's a Houston Texan fan, so he was he wasn't arguing with me. But, um, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, but anyway, so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, like you said, you, you trust the consistency of the top players at the end of the year. You know, you should see the same guys in top 12. Yeah, you're going to have your couple. And Mike Williams could be one. You know, um, Debo could be one. Chase, you know, Marquise Brown, Kirk, and, you know, some of these guys, they could certainly be up there in the top 12 to 15. Um, you know, there's going to be some people that fall. But, you know, you you, you got to keep them in there. Keep the guys that are performing in there. They're going to have some down weeks. That's what consistency is about, you know. Um the problem is, like you said, you start overthinking it and you start taking guys out and putting guys in and you're, you think you're outsmarting the system playing matchups. That's what will kill you, you know, and, and uh, you know, you, you, you think, oh, this guy had a great week last week and he's playing this team. And, well, maybe there was a reason why. Maybe a cornerback was hurt. Maybe, you know, you got to know everything. And if, you know, if you got that kind of time, good for you. If not, then rely on the experts out there that are good at the cornerback wide receiver matchups and offensive line matchups. I mean, a lot of that stuff is the stuff that people don't take as much advantage of learning about and using um, for information purposes. You know, um, everybody was all over KJ Osborne. I don't think he was anywhere near the top this week, was he? The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. 
HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. No, and um, and no, and he wasn't. He wasn't going to be. I I always said to people with KJ Osborne, he was worth a speculative ad. He's more of a handcuff. If if something happens to Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne becomes, I wouldn't say a rocket ship, but someone that you can get right now at a very low price. And he's someone that can be a flex plug-in if you're desperate. If injuries happen, you're probably not going to be too disappointed with what he puts in the flex. He's not going to put up top 24 numbers, but he'll put up some numbers. And and there's a lot of guys like Emmanuel Sanders, like AJ Green. These guys are good flex plays. I've talked about on the Wave Wire podcast earlier. That they're guys you pick up because they're cement and glue guys. They're the guys that just keep you ticking over, but they can have that higher wide receiver two week like they both did this week, but they're not going to completely blank that often. They'll just tick along, get a few points. Nothing spectacular, but they will have those weeks that they will will boom. I want to talk about some players who we think can bounce back. Um, is there anyone in particular that you think are candidates for bounce back either this week or, or potentially longer term that either haven't turned up in week three or maybe haven't turned up much this season? I mean, I think Stefan Diggs is definitely one of those guys that people have to, you know, again, it's, you know, he's kind of like a Jonathan Taylor other than the fact that, you know, they're just kind of spreading the ball around. Um, but they, they struggle a little bit offensively, really didn't seem to have their, you know, I mean, granted, the Steelers aren't a terrible defense, um, even though that really was disproved yesterday playing the Bengals. But, um, but you know, I feel like Diggs is one of those guys that definitely would be back. You know, he's certainly one of the favorite targets. But, you know, Josh Allen's becoming a smarter quarterback. He's he's throwing to the open players, not forcing as much as well. So that's another thing that I don't know if Diggs will be back to being the number one or top three like he was last year in receptions and that. But he's going to get his times. He's going to get his targets. It's, it's going to. You know, again, these guys will all bounce back and be who that you expect them to be. Um, you know, uh, I think guys like Robert Woods, Keenan Allen, you know, all these guys who are like the other side of where of the hot starts from the Cooper Cubs, the Mike Williams, the Justin, Je- you know, the um, that kind of stuff. You know, they're benefiting from having that other guy on the other side of the field. At some point, defense is going to be like, oh, maybe we should stop Cooper Cup. And they will. And then Robert Woods will go off for 12 catches for 150 yards. So, you know, those are the kind of things that good teams will go with, you know, the hot hand for a while. But the defenses will try to stop them at some point. And that's when, you know, again, like a Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and Jefferson and Thielen and Metcalf and Lockett. You know, look, Lockett this week, boom, disappears. Not disappears, but, you know, Metcalf comes up. And the funny thing is I posted something just last week, and it was last year's game logs for Metcalf and Tyler Lockett right on top of each other. And it was hilarious because it's so far, it is matching almost to the game. First two games last year, Tyler Lockett led the, led the team, one of the top, had some top, top you know, top ten 
uh, fantasy points, first two games, third game, Lockett disappears, Metcalf becomes that. Well, look what's happened already this year. First two games, Lockett, then Metcalf. And then uh, Metcalf should have another good game next week, and then Lockett will kick in. Then it'll go to Metcalf for a couple. And then and it's like and, – and you just watch at the end of the year. Like you said, they were both pretty close in total points, but Lockett's consistency was terrible. It was 50%. Uh, Metcalf was much better because he was two out of every three and Metcalf or uh, Lockett was kind of like every other, every third or whatever. Um, and at the end of the year, you know, put up good numbers, but not good consistency. So keep an eye on that. It's, it, but it's so funny that it's almost matched week game for game and week one, two and three, just like they did last year. Yeah, I, it's crazy because that's what they do. They kind of dovetail, but the fact that it's been so consistent to last year, is, even with a different play caller, is, is, is quite extraordinary. Um, I, I echo that on Diggs. You know, he um, is only two targets behind Adams as the most targeted wide receiver in football. So, you know, it, it's going to come for him. It's not a, you know, the, it's if they're getting the targets, that's, you know, when you don't worry, it's when they're not getting the targets. Completely with you on Robert Woods. He's getting the targets. It's going to come. It might not be next week, but it will be soon. Um, mm-hmm. He is going to definitely um, pick it straight back up. You know, he's averaging six and a half targets a game, and that includes pretty poor uh, week one on, on his side. Um, but, you know, for me, the, the prime sort of bounce back, and I will not say bounce back from the point of view of it's someone we would expect to be good. It's someone who had a bad week who has been surprisingly good, and it's Zach Pascal. Now, Zach Pascal went two for seven. Um, you know, didn't have a great game on, but, you know, his quarterbacks hurt. Uh, the Colts weren't good anyway. Um, and as a result, Zach Pascal is second in the league in red zone targets. He's caught, a, you know, a lot of touchdowns in the red zone already this season. He is getting the looks down there more than Pittman. Pittman's getting a lot of the 20 to 20 work. Pascal's the guy who's down there who's getting the, the real value targets. And, you know, two for seven doesn't sound great. A lot of that was on the QB more than Pascal. Right. Pascal will bounce back. If he's getting those seven, eight targets a game like he's getting and has been getting, he's going to be, you know, a wide receiver too with the value of the targets that he's getting. You know, he'll be a low-end wide receiver too most weeks. So I'd expect Zach Pascal to, to bounce back in the short term. And then, you know, we talked about the longer terms. I'm with you on Diggs. I'm with you on... Um, would we've talked about Jonathan Taylor? I think again with the schedule, he's prime. He's prime to to bounce back. Um, as is players like Joe Mixon. You know, all the usage, all the volume is there. It's going to come through. It's just taking a little bit of time. But I think they're also being a bit cautious with Joe Mixon to a degree, um, similar to what they're doing with with Saquon. And that's another one who I think um, will bounce back. We started to see a bit more of the old Saquon on Sunday, which is what we, I guess we all mm-hmm. kind of want. So talking about then some stash plays and maybe under the radar guys that people can pick up now basically free um who are primed for that sort of end of season uh breakout or players who potentially just sitting on people's benches that they can either trade for for next to nothing and and should go out and and get um I'm going to go with, uh, I call them the two Qs because I got them in a lot of leagues. Quez Watkins and, uh, um, I swear brain day, Quintus Cephas. Um, you know, both of these guys are playing on teams that have very poor wide receiver choices. Um, both of them have kind of become favorites. Obviously, you know, Devontae Smith is probably more of a favorite to Jalen Hurts than, than uh, Watkins is, but 
Watkins has definitely been stretching the field. I mean, he only had like three catches last week, but he had like 114 yards because he caught like an 80 yarder. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts is definitely looking for him. He's got a lot of speed. Uh, you know, it's one of those crossing routes. He can hit it and, and go. Um, and both of them, like I said, they both of them were sitting on the waiver wire last week. Uh, now, Watkins did not have as good a week this week. Or I'm sorry, Cephas didn't have as good a week this week uh, for the, the Lions. Um, you know, they definitely struggled this week. Um, you know, Baltimore's defense has been decent, certainly been keeping them in check. Um, but, you know, again, he's somebody that Goff seems to like, seems to target a little bit. Um, you know, granted, he loves Hawkinson and, and the running backs first, but somebody's getting to stretch the field. And I feel like they're both good flex players, especially like in Kings Classic, they're playing on my flexes uh, to, you know, get me that 10, 12 points. If I can get them out of them on an ongoing basis, that's that's what I'm looking for. Uh, I think both of them have potential. They're both young. They're both, you know, uh, have, you know, they're in offenses that don't have a, a true number one to, you know, maybe Philly more than, than uh, Detroit for sure, but um, that they have potential to, you know, be a good long-term guy, especially later this year. Yeah. I love that. I think that's a, a good move. I think, especially with Cephas, I think, you know, there's no one there that's going to compete for those targets. There's no, it's just, just guys, uh, Trinity Benson and, uh, um, I'm struggling to think who else is receiving on that team now. <laughs> he just seems to get rid of everyone. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I, I've been saying this name for a while, but Terrence Marshall Jr. for me is primed for a second half of the season uh, breakout, and I'm quite happy with the target numbers he's getting. He's averaging around about five targets a game. He got that on Sunday. I think it's going to increase um, more and more. They've also just, which I found really interesting today, they've just traded away Dan Arnold to pick up CJ Henderson um, at corner, um, which again, vacates uh, 11 targets on the season. So you project that out, you're looking at about 70 odd targets potentially across the season. You know, Ian Thomas isn't picking those up. So they're targets that I think now will go, not all of them, but I think they'll get split out between Anderson and Marshall. I think Marshall could be a beneficiary of, of the tight end going. So, because Ian Thomas isn't going to be picking up um, that many targets. So um, I really think this is time now. This trade today, I think, really cements where I am with, with Terrence Marshall Jr. And I think he's someone that you can um, potentially acquire a reasonable rate. I think Tim Patrick is another one. Um, you know, the news came out that KJ Hamler is done for the year, which means that Patrick pretty much has the the, the number three role for the season. And the guys ahead of him, you know, no disrespect to Jerry Judy, who's injured right now and on IR, and Corton Sutton, who spent all the last year on IR, the chances are one of those might get hurt again. And I really don't hope that happens. But, you know, people talk about handcuffing running backs. This is a very sensible thing to do. No one talks about handcuffing wide receivers. But it's the same principle. There are people that are dialed into a very specific role and a very set amount of volume. And Tim Patrick has already proven that he's fantasy relevant when he gets that opportunity. So Tim Patrick, for me, equally stands out as someone who I would be stashing on benches. Um, he's still under 30% owned even, even now. So I would be picking up Tim Patrick and just stashing him away because the, although Denver aren't really like the most pass-happy offense, they do get their guys involved and they do require those field stretchers. And Tim Patrick 
is that. So there are a couple of plays that I think, you know, I, I had Rondell Moore in here a couple of weeks ago, cats out of the bag. I know he didn't do as well as we kind of hoped, but there, there's basically four men in, in Arizona and every week there's going to be an odd man out and it won't be Rondell Moore every week. It might be AJ Green, it might be Christian Kirk. One of those guys will sit off the wheel every week, but the other two will eat and that's that's what we're going to see. And I think Rondell Moore will have those games as he gets more accustomed. So, There'd be guys I'd be looking to get. Jalen Waddle, again, he's not really lit the NFL up yet. Um, I think when two is back, that will happen. Um, he's got good target volume right now, so he's going to have a very safe floor. Wide receiver three, fringy, maybe a flex. But he's someone that you might get a, a little cheaper now than maybe in two weeks' time, and especially under Brissett because the volume will be there, but the value of the target won't be there. And Tua comes back, I would expect that to change. If he keeps that volume and then mixes it in with the value of the target, getting those red zone looks and getting those high value plays, he could be, you know, a wide receiver too on the back half of the season. So he's another one I potentially like to to grab as well. Um, any other guys, uh, Bob, that you you kind of thinking I'd like to really get my hands on on rosters right well, now that. It's, it's interesting. So a guy that I actually drafted and then didn't do anything for two weeks, then Tua goes down. All of a sudden, they remember he was on the team as Mike Gesicki for the Dolphins. You know, Gesicki did nothing in the first two weeks with Tua in place. Brissette's quarterback, he gets 12 targets, 10 catches for 86 yards. Well, that's what you're supposed to be doing with this guy. Try to use him more. The problem is Tua's going to come back and screw it all up. But – uh, I'm thinking Gusecki's probably sitting on a lot of people's waiver wires. So if you're struggling at tight end, uh, that could be somebody at least plug in while Brissett's still quarterbacking. Um, and then, you know, two comes back, maybe he'll watch some of the tape and go, oh, hey, that guy's open all the time. I should throw it to him. Um, <laughs> so that's definitely somebody that uh, I hopefully didn't drop in too many leagues. I think I did keep him, thinking at some point they're going to use him. Um, sadly, of course, I didn't put him in. So. Like I said, you know, it's just one of those where I'm like, oh, you know, he hasn't done anything. And now we got Brissett and I should have went, oh, yeah, Brissett's there. Yeah, he loves throwing the tight end. Well, <laughs> I didn't. Um, so, you know, like you said, it's a, a live and learn. Now I'll put Gusecki in and you probably get like three catches for 20 yards. But it's kind of been the way. But uh, like you said, um, just depends on how desperate you are tight end, which most people are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's either Gusecki or it's like um... – so I looked up the ownership stats of, of Dawson Knox. He's 4.4%. Yeah, right. Owned. Dawson Knox would be one of those too. 4.4% um, owned. He's on, he's on waiver wires. Tyler Conklin's 2 point something percent owned. Right. Conklin's on the So those are the sort of guys you want to have. If you, But I'm not a two tight ends on my roster kind of guy unless, you know, I took a high value one and then like a Gronk thinking like, well, they break out and I've got a flex. So um, the other guy, I, I, I think you might have to be really quick on this one that you might get on a very low-end trade is Kenny Golladay. Um, not because I particularly love Kenny Golladay. I mean, uh, he's not really done anything in, in New York, but he kind of is last man standing there now because Shepard went down, Slayton went down. We can't trust Barkley to probably be all right for the rest of the season. Engram, who knows what happens to him? How long does he last? Because he never lasts till the end of the season anyway. Kenny Golladay right game, now. Yeah, and he came, <laughs> came to camp hurt. He's been hurt. He's starting to get to grips with the book and it was always going to be a slow burn in those circumstances. I wasn't one that actively drafted a lot of Kenny Golladay because I, I love the situation, but 
I, I would now really be interested in trying to get him on some teams. And I wouldn't pay through the nose, but I think if you can get, you know, running back is really dire. If you've got like a, a Naheem Hines right now, uh, I'd be floating that. Not a lot of people will probably bite your hand off for that, but I think that's pretty fair because Naheem Hines is, a, is an RB2. Galladay may be a wide receiver too, and he could take off from there. But yeah, I, I think, you know, if you've got someone like that or someone that's on your roster who is just sitting there and isn't going to add a lot of value, I would be I would be looking to maybe like Tony Pollard right now might be a really good person to swap for, for Kenny Galladay. Those are the sorts of players. Those sort of, um, you took them late round handcuffs slash fringe players who have come quite good in the first few weeks of the season. Stink. Now's a good time to cash in on Pollard. It's a good time to cash in on, on Naheem Hines. Try and get right. Kenny Galladay. I think that could be a really smart play for you. I don't think a lot of people will love it on paper, but right. for me, I think it makes well, a lot like of sense. Said, I definitely would like to see him to get closer to seven or eight targets a game instead of five. I mean, he had a good game, four for 64, but again, when you had those guys all go down, you would have thought he would have got a little bit more out of that especially playing against the Falcons. That's definitely a game that I think we all are still scratching our heads of why was that game not like 35-34? I mean, wh- there's no defense and their <laughs> offense hasn't been that great, but I can, I can help you with that. Part. Into that. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll, give, I'll, give you, I'll give you two words, Jason Garrett. And Jason no, Garrett's going to get fired. Point. He's going to get fired in the next three weeks. I'm almost guaranteeing it because they, they're going to lose their next three games I, unless something miraculous happens and, and they turn up and something happens, they're probably going to be 0-6 now. And that will be the end of Jason Garrett. And then hopefully we'll see some change. And maybe that might be a good thing for, for Kenny Golley. I'd be buying into that situation because it is a hot mess and something is going to happen in New York because the Mara family won't put up with it. They will not put up with an 0-6 start. They're not going to look at that and go, well, that's acceptable. Not when they well, paid Kenny Golladay what they paid him in free agency. They're yeah. not going to sit there and accept that. Exactly. Well, and like you said, I think the Falcons offense, this Arthur Smith is trying to run a Tennessee Titans team with, you know, no, with not Derrick Henry in the backfield. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago when I watched that, they played Philadelphia in week, I think it was week one. Yeah, right. Yeah, week one. And they were down 22 to six to the Eagles, and they were still running the ball left and right on the first two downs. With Mike Davis and, and Cordell Patterson, I'm like, you're losing 22 to six. Why are you not throwing the ball to Kevin, Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage and Kyle Pitts all the time until you get ahead of the game? And they're still running it. Like, and it was mid third quarter, maybe even late. And I'm like, what the hell are they doing? And I was like, wait a minute. Oh, it's Arthur Smith. Oh, they're gonna run the ball till they bleed. And, you know, and, and I assume that's what happened in the Giants game is that, you know, it was a close game. So there's no reason to get crazy and start throwing the ball over the place. So they ran the ball. And that's why Cordell Patterson is sixth in total points. And, you know, Mike Davis is, is doing OK. Um, but, you know, again, oh, I don't know what, you know, Calvin Ridley owners got to be really depressed right now. I, I, I have him in a few leagues, but most of the time. You know, he was gone by the time I got to him because um, I was easily drafting running backs. But, yeah, it's uh, both of those guys, I think, should be fired and get or at least a new offensive coordinator in uh, in uh, Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, it's it's strange what's happening. I mean, like I said, 
for for Matt Ryan to only throw the ball three times over twenty yards is just is just ludicrous. Um, you know, especially in the situations they've been in where they've been losing games by double digits. You know, you got you just got to go and have a go at that stage. No one expected the Falcons to finish anywhere other than last in the NFC South. I, I don't think there's any disgrace at finishing last in that division, but at least go down swinging. I mean, like nobody's. Nobody's nobody's looking at the, the, the Jaguars right now thinking, oh, well, that's a well-beaten team. They're going to go and win eight games this season. But as much as – at least they're giving it a go. At least every week there's some sort of semblance of a plan. And it's not been pretty. And if you draft a Trevor Lawrence, you'll be absolutely livid with his seven picks so far. But they're giving it a go. At least the one thing you can say is there's a bit of effort on the field there. I can't say that in in, in New York – and you know what? Everyone, everyone's so quick to slash and, and dash um, Daniel Jones. I actually think Daniel Jones has been pretty decent this year. Uh, he's not turned the ball over. He's held the ball well. He's taken his sacks. He's not fumbled the ball. He's making better decisions. He's just being set up. He's being set up to fail by that Jason Garrett offense. Right, and right. I think it's... it's uh, you know, I'm, I'm not the biggest Danny Jones lover. I wasn't sitting here saying that he deserved to be drafted at six. But at the same point, you have to give credit to every every fault that you could give Daniel Jones. He's taken that on board. He's worked on it, and he's 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 putting putting them right. And that's all you can ever ask of, of a player. Um, I think of the same with 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 Chicago. We saw them, and they're an absolute um, dire mess with with, with Justin Fields. Um, I don't think I've ever seen an NFL quarterback um, like a starting NFL quarterback. Go six or twenty for sixty-eight yards. Again, be a sack nine times, and you're supposed to have speed. <laughs> we're, we're, but, but the protection, the offensive line was horrific. Where was the planning? Where was the, where was the roots? Like, for me, he was set up to fail in that game. You look at how we, how we, you know, you look at how it was set up. It was there was no chance for him to, to get plays off, um, because there was no protection. There was no. There was no wide receiver screens. There was nothing to get him going. You're sitting there thinking, like, what are you doing? It was right. incompetence. And well, Matt, yeah, Matt Nagy is a terrible coach. He should have been fired <laughs> two years ago. Um, yeah. You know, when he when he was mismanaging David Montgomery, when he was trying to share carries with Tyreek Hill and whoever else, or not Tyreek Hill, um, who am I thinking? Um, That's uh, Tyreek Cohen. Tyreek Cohen, yes. Um you know, it's like, and then when Tree Cohen finally get hurt in the last six games, Montgomery goes off and he gave him 15 carries a game. He's like, oh, look. But again, playing against the Browns, they didn't try to do that. They didn't try to use Montgomery at all. It was terrible. I mean, I didn't care because I'm a Browns fan, so I was rooting for a beat down like there was no tomorrow. But but I'm sitting there as a Montgomery guy going, come on, let's get him the ball a little bit. Can't, you can't make anything happen if you're Justin Fields are running around. But, I mean, this is what I always laugh when people are all in on these rookie quarterbacks every year. They're like, oh, man, I want Trey Lance and Justin Fields and all these guys on my roster. And, you know, these guys are going to take me to a fantasy championship. Mm, probably not. That's why there's very little, you know, very little quarterbacks that have over 60% consistency in their first year. It's because the, the NFL is a lot faster. They don't, they don't think it is until they get there. And they're like, oh, look, it's not Ohio State anymore. Yeah, and we, we look at that, and there's proof of it this year. Four quarterbacks taken in the first round. Uh, five quarterbacks taken in the first round. Trey Lance, even in the first 15 picks. Trey, Trey Lance 
unfair to judge him. He's barely played. Um, but the other four have, have thrown... Um, Fields hasn't actually turned the ball over that much. But, um, you know, Mac Jones turned the ball over three times on Sunday. Zach Wilson, let's talk, talk about how many times he's thrown the ball. Um, because it's a lot. I've lost count. Um, and then Trevor Lawrence is seven times. So, you know, you've got a lot of turnovers there. And we shouldn't judge them. We shouldn't kill them on them because it is a learning curve. And a lot of them are paired with new coaches and new schemes. Um, all of those, you know, the only one that walked into a stable situation, really, because I'm not going to call New England stable. That, that's a team that is on the decline and it's on the fold. And they bought, they bought a whole new offense in, two new tight ends, three new wide receivers. Um, you know, it, it, it's that, that's a new situation for me. Um, but the only ones that walked into a stable situation really was Fields uh, and, and Lance. And that's why people liked them, because they, they had the dual threat. They walked into stable situations with players who were already new and familiar with the system. They'd plug in and go. I think we're starting to realize that it's a bit of a learning curve with, with, with Justin Fields, but he's also going to be set up to he's going to be set up and prepared better and i don't think that was on him on, on sunday but any final thoughts bob in terms of uh going forward what what if you if you had the fantasy gods here in front of you and you got to make one wish what do you what's your big wish for for week four my will for all just for week four uh yeah <laughs> i'm not giving you titles it's not that's not happening uh i I just wish, uh, I guess I just wish that the, uh, you know, the top players would just kind of get back to their consistent ways. And, you know, the guys we drafted in the first four or five rounds, um, just do what they're supposed to do. Be healthy, get on the field and produce. You know, at this point, I don't think that's much to ask, but, but look at the numbers and look at the first three weeks. And I think you could say that's not a bad, that's not a bad wish. <laughs> I, I, I second that hundred percent. I think, uh, we just want to see those players that again, you know, even the first three or four rounds that we drafted, um, want to see some of those come to the fore a bit more and especially those first round running backs. I want to see Zeke return. I want to see Kamara start well, you know, I'm a Bucks fan, so I I want that from a fantasy perspective, but not from a, <laughs> right, a real life right. perspective. Um I you know, I want to see an improvement in Jonathan Taylor. Um, I want to see an improvement on, on some of the best runners in the game and Hopefully we see that because if 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 Cordell Patterson ends the year as a top twelve running back, they we might as well cancel fantasy football because <laughs> there, there isn't anything else to achieve. Like that's the final thing that needs to be achieved in fantasy football before it's completed is Cordell Patterson being a top twelve running back, and we're on course to do that right now. He's a running back nine. Like, no, no, no. Right. It's, can't, um, it can't it can't continue. It cannot continue. <laughs> Can that continue? Um, no. Yeah. The uh, it's yeah, you know, and, and the and the sad part is, and I and I think this is something I definitely want everybody to listen to is please be careful with the one week wonders. Please don't jump all over these and spend half of your fab on these players. Um, who is the guy in week one after week one that everybody? Elijah said? Mitchell. Thank you. Right. Yeah, Elijah Mitchell. I saw I saw somebody put their whole hundred dollars of a hundred dollars in for him. After week one, and I'm just sitting there going, "What are you doing? You know, you know, twenty, you know, twenty, thirty percent. Maybe I guess that's fair because he could turn out. And I get it. Every once in a while, one of these guys turn out, but more often than not, they don't. And you know, and and so 
you know, get players. You know, I tell people when you look at the stats after, you know, each week, and especially somebody that's a new name, don't look at the top of the list. Look at that list that is like quarterbacks. Well, quarterbacks, you won't see it as much, but running backs and wide receivers. Look from 10 points to about 18 points for the week. Look at the, and depending on your scoring, but let's just say full PPR. Look at those guys. Then look and see what they did a week or two before if they played. Because there is the consistency that people ignore. They're up here going, I want Mike Williams. I want, you know, Kendrick Bourne. I want whoever. Deshaun Jackson will be this week's guy. Deshaun Jackson will be this week's guy. I'm just telling you right now. That they're going to jump all over and he won't do anything for the next three or four weeks and then they'll drop him. And they'll drop they'll Look for the guys like Hunter Renfro. I'd say that. Um, you know, uh, Jacoby Myers. Uh, well, Christian Kirk's been there. But see, he's a guy that, you know, people could grab. Uh, MVS, uh, Tim Patrick, you mentioned. Um, you know, um, those are the guys that are in that 12 to 15. Um, you know, Henry Ruggs is in there. Uh, that Olamide Zacchaeus. Um, again, as long as Russell Gage is out. Uh, you know, these are the guys that are have the potential. And you may not even have to pick them up this week. Maybe you even let them slide. Yeah, 100%. And on because somebody else will let, everybody else will let them slide. Then next week, if they get another 12, 13 points, now you pick them up. Now they prove something for two weeks in a row. They haven't set the world on fire, but they're still going to be available because people don't look there. They look at the top 12 and go, ooh, I want, you know, Kendrick Bourne. I want Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, you know, if they're still available, obviously they're all on my team. Uh, not Kendrick Bourne. Um, you know, but the Renfros, the, you know, the, those are the guys that you want to look at for consistency because those are the guys you put in your flex and get the 10 to 12. And if you can get that while the other guy's getting, you know, maybe 20 this week and then gets four, six and seven, that's what's going to, those are the guys that are going to help you make your team better. Not necessarily the one week wonders that may go off again, maybe in five or six weeks. And the other weeks are just wasting, just wasting space on your roster. So I am going to give you one. I'm going to give you one exception. I'm going to give you one exception. Nick Westbrook. Because he's 0.0% owned. You can probably get him for free. Maybe chuck a dollar on him just to make sure you get him. No one's talking about him. He came in the game 4 for 4, 53 yards, touchdown. Don't think A.J. Brown goes this week. He's the guy who's going to take that role. Gotcha. Might be a one-week might be, might be one wonder. But if you're only paying a dollar for him, who cares? Like, it's, don't go all in on these guys who are one-week wonders. But if you want to get under the radar, guys, I like I said that I said last week, get Darius Slayton for a one-week play. There's a one-week mm-hmm. play. Have a guy on your roster who you just every week you, you can get for a dollar for free. You know, not spending the money, knowing they're a one-week play, knowing you're going to drop them the next week because the matchup looks good. All right, Slayton got injured. I still stand by the process. I still think right. he would have had a decent game. Nick Westbrook for one week only is useful. And I think there are guys who are going to be those sort of one-week fillers, but they'll be under the radar guys. We'll tell you who they are. You'll tell them who they are. Spend a dollar on them. You don't need to spend anything more than that. Maybe two just to secure them. But who cares? Two dollars on your fab at this point in the season is is nothing. Um, But, yeah. Another another thing to watch for, too, are the guys who were drafted and then they have had a couple bad weeks and get dropped. 
So like, I'm assuming guys like Corey Davis and, you know, uh, Juju may get, I mean, and Juju probably won't get dropped. Elijah, Elijah Moore, um, you know, um, Al, well, Allen Robinson had a terrible week. I don't know if we get dropped, but, um, you know, the Sterling Shepard, you know, obviously got hurt. Now he's out. Um, Gabriel Davis, you know, some of these guys who, you know, Rondell Moore, he's another one who could get dropped after having a down week. Um, you know, these guys will get dropped because people are just like, ah, oh, I'm done with them. And they just throw them out there, not realizing that, okay, they had a bad week. Corey Davis, Corey Davis had 10 targets. Now he only had five catches for 41 yards. So it looks like he didn't do anything, which he didn't, but 10 targets, that means they're still throwing the ball his way. He's certainly definitely one of those guys. So those are other things to watch for is those guys that get after somebody snaps up the one week under and drops a guy that it may be worth get him the next, get him immediately when you, when you have the first come first serve after the, uh, the waivers actually run. So be careful there watch those too. Rush Nation, I think you have taken away a lot of valuable information here from players to pick up, players to trade for, uh, players not to panic on, players to cut from your roster. Um, I just probably need to listen to this two or three times to take some notes because Bob has bought fantasy gold to this podcast. Um, if you want to know more about Bob, you want to follow his work, um, Bob, tell everyone where they can interact with you, where they can find you. Um, because this has been a highly enjoyable inf- informational uh, podcast where I think we've, we've helped some folks today um, turn their seasons around. I'm, I'm almost sure of it. So where can people uh, come and send their congratulatory tweets uh, to you when they <laughs> win a championship in week, in week 17? You know, it's very simply at Bob underscore lung. And you can find me there. Um, and again, you know, Dr. but yeah, no, definitely. Let's, uh, let's do this. Uh, we should just do this at the end of every month and we'll just talk consistency. We can, and we'll highlight, you know, and then the next month will be around week seven ish. So, you know, there we can start saying, Oh, Hey, here's somebody that's had three weeks worth of some nice little numbers that you may not realize. And that's the kind of stuff, you know, it's kind of, tough early in the season to see any consistency yet but you know once we get you know past like week five and we start identifying those oh look this guy's you know had back to back or maybe three out of his last four and again especially if they're in that 10 to 18 mark where people aren't paying attention you'd be surprised at some guys that are sneaking through with consistency that uh, we'll help you with so we'll uh, we'll try to get get back on uh, i'll get back on here at the end of october but that's what i've was just about to say, I'm going to hold you to that because I think we should do after week seven because that's go. halfway through the regular season of the fantasy right. season. There you go. And we yeah, can break everything down. down. Right, we're in. You've heard it, Rush Nation. Bob's going to come back. We're going to bring some knowledge at the halfway point. So if you're <laughs> struggling at that point still, we're going to help turn your season around. And if you're dominating, we're going to help you bring the ship home. So, Bob, thanks so much for coming on. Go check out Dr. Thank Rosso you. and all the work on there. The, the team are phenomenal and they're only getting better. So get in on the ground floor while you can, because uh, soon the secret, well, it's not a secret anymore, but it will be even <laughs> more. If you, you know, if you don't get in now, your league mates will, I promise you. Um, Rush Nation, don't forget to check out the pin tweet. If you do have just even a spare amount of money for a cup of coffee, please give that to Tags' family. Um, I know it. I know all the guys at Fantasy Pros. I've been in touch with them over the weekend, and um, they're a wonderful family over there, and they're really mourning and grieving for the loss of their brother and, and friend. So um, please do try and help them out with, with that. Um, and it just is a special favor to myself and the Bob. Please do that. Um, please check out all the great content we're doing. The Dynasty show is tomorrow. The DFS show, the fan team season long is tomorrow. The game show will be back. 
um idp now video so we've got everything covered all through the week lots of content going we're breaking records fourth week in a row our downloads uh have broken uh their previous records so thank you so much for supporting the podcast and everything we do thanks to manscape for supporting the podcast please do check them out at manscape.com code five yard 20 percent off um thanks to bob for being here and stephanie the last minute were great sport we learned a lot tonight and everyone at rush nation just Keep going and and yeah, hug your love, have your hug your loved ones tonight. Give them a give them a hug and, and tell them you love them because unfortunately you just never know what might be around the corner. And I hate to end it on that sort of note, but I I'd feel reminiscent if we didn't um we didn't do that. We didn't raise a a virtual glass to our, our friend and colleague Mike Tagliere and, and his family. So um, rest in peace, Tags. Thanks for everything you you did for us and and everything you do. We'll we'll keep we'll keep Tag strong and we'll keep that live. Um, it's the least we can do but Rush Nation just give your hug give your loved ones a, an extra hug tonight and um, yeah let's that's, that's put things to perspective on one side but then there's going to work and win those ships so stay tuned for all the content and don't forget until next time Rush Nation keep rushing Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.